I invite you to join me in On Fire with Linda Fields. It's a movement designed to calibrate, validate, and activate men and women like you who love God, putting your God-inspired passions and plans into action to carry out your callings in all seven spheres of influence. That's business and economy, government, education, family, arts, media, and church. On Fire with Linda Fills exists to help you complete your God-given assignments with a community of kingdom connections. Whether it's increasing your current sphere of influence or changing paths to walk into your purpose, if you want to set the world ablaze through Christ's power, join the movement at www.onfire.global. Well, why do you think there's such an assault on calling and identity right now? like everywhere you turn there's some new attack on crisis or identity or mm-hmm. purpose right what do you think is happening well i think that the enemy of our, the enemy of our soul he knows that the way god solves problems is through just through people and if he can keep us distracted mm-hmm. and keep us focused on being human de- doings instead of human beings <laughs> we will never fulfill our callings because mm-hmm. before we're called to do anything we're called to be uh, in other words, before someone's called into doing something or called to some bodies or called to somewhere or called to some place, we're first called to someone. Mm-hmm. And when we recognize that first, that first initial calling into greater intimacy with the Lord, mm-hmm. is then we can move from the gazing at him to the glimpsing with the solutions that he's given us. What kinds of things are corporations talking about right now with uh, regard to training that they're asking for? What are some of the hot topics out there? Well, you know, the hottest tops, uh, topics that I'm seeing right now are how do we uh, stay engaged relationally in this new workplace where everybody's working from home, we're working from Zoom. So how do we stay connected? How do we keep people connected? And when are we bringing people back into the workplace? What is that looking like? Mm-hmm. And in uh, a new world of vax and no vax and <laughs> test or no test, what does that look like and how do we operate going forward? And so we're looking at that and also, too, with uh, the new emphasis, emphasis on diversity and inclusion and equity and all those different types of things being said right now, especially even in uh, uh, school boards uh, fighting over critical race theory and other things. How do we uh, work in a time where social distancing has revealed the social distance in our hearts? So how do we communicate? That's the, that's the, that's the biggest question right now is how do we communicate and how do so we what kind of answers are you seeing on the horizon or what kind of new thought are you entertaining well some of the new thoughts i'm entertaining are elevating the conversation to um, moving it beyond what are our differences to what are our similarities talk about that and a so bit. I, I, I i love what miles mcpherson is doing he has this amazing book i, I suggest everybody get it it's mm-hmm. a powerful book uh called the third option love what he's doing with the third option is actually turn it into some corporate training classes and uh, he's put together a powerful program called similarity training where we focus on our similarities instead of our differences without at the same time uh hitting on some of the tough topics around diversity and inclusion it's a powerful powerful book and it's a great course i, I think uh, churches uh, uh, businesses alike will, will benefit from the solutions that God has given them in that, in that book. You know, Will, you have been 
uh, a prolific speaker and writer uh, since I've known you the last 10, 15 years personally. It's been my mm-hmm. pleasure to watch how you process. And I, what I'd love to ask you now is if you could just speak to our audience and help them know how to process some of these hard questions <laughs> because people are overwhelmed with so much information. People are confused. Right. Uh, People are discouraged, quite frankly. And so we can't act like the problems aren't real. We don't want to ignore them. But when we look at the landscape and see all that's going on, I I love your concept of seeing uh, a crisis as an opportunity, that Mm -hmm. there is an opportunity on the other side of crisis or Mm -hmm. on the way through. But what else would you say to the person who's uh, today maybe just saying, I'm not even sure what my calling is anymore? I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with my life. I've taken some hits. Uh, right. This is a, a narrative we're hearing quite frankly, quite frequently, uh, right. when people bear their souls in that way. So would you just speak encouragement to us today from your heart? You can put on your minister hat now. <laughs> right. uh, you know, uh, just tell us what you would do. Well, well, what I've done, honestly, right now is basically tell people to breathe it's the first thing you do is do. Breathe, relax. You are going to get through this. We are going to get through this together. So first, this first and foremost is about you spending time with God in prayer. Go into that deeper place of intimacy mm-hmm. with the Lord right now. I believe that in all this thing, all the things that have happened with the pandemic, uh, it hadn't ended overnight. Uh, it hasn't uh, shut down quite yet because I believe God is after something, and I believe He's after our hearts. And I wouldn't want to waste this time of crisis by spending it on Netflix and binge. I wouldn't want to waste this on spending time on social media. If you could use this time right now to focus on the Lord, I believe he's going to reveal to you the desires that he wants to place on your heart and the area of focus that he wants to bring into. I believe he's going to take care of every financial need that you have uh, as you pursue him in intimacy. That's the first thing. And the second thing, don't stay isolated right now. Find family, friends, other people that you connect with and mm-hmm. have connected with. This is a time to, to, to stay connected to the body of Christ right now. And uh, in time, I believe God's going to reveal, <clears throat> reveal some things to you that he wants you to be involved in. You know, it was during a pandemic uh, that uh, Sir Isaac Newton got the, uh, some of his greatest inventions and right. other things. Right. Uh, se- several other people uh, the, the, my mind, they escaped my mind right now. But anyway, amazing things, amazing creative things have, were birthed out of times like these. And I think that's what God wants to do through you right now, too. So, so we have a few more minutes, Will, and mm-hmm. I, I would love to have you tell a bit of your story because right. you've done this very thing. That's one reason I love having you on my shows because you don't just tell us a good idea for us to go do. You're speaking from your heart, yeah. from what you have done. And so give us in the next few minutes the highlights of um, your story with the kettle and uh, even tell us a little bit about this potential movie and what's happening with that so that people can be encouraged by your own journey. Yeah, and and that's the other thing, too. Calling is all about journey. Yeah. You know, it's not like everything happens like overnight. I mean, Moses hears his name being called, but how long did it take before he actually (laughs) 
bring the children of Israel out. Um, same thing for Samuel. Here's his name mm -hmm. called, you know, yeah. when he's a young boy in the temple. But how long was it before he became this prophet whose words never hit the ground? So it is a process. And that's what I've seen happen in my life. Right. I was called unto the Lord. I have this intense calling. And also then he gave me this assignment where I have this love for uniting not just the body of Christ, but uniting everybody. I've always been this bridge building relationships mm -hmm. and connecting people. And so uh, all those things have converged now with all my life experiences and the heart he's given me and the, the way that God relates to me mm -hmm. into this amazing thing that I do across the country where I take this 200-year-old kettle pot that was used by the slaves in my family. They use it for cooking, but they secretly use it for prayer. That's why it was passed down. They were owned by a slave master who would literally beat them if you heard them praying because he didn't want them praying for freedom. But they would pray anyway and use that pot as an acoustic means for keeping their prayers from being heard. So that pot's been passed down in our family, like seven generations. And so I became this preacher guy back in the, uh, about 20 years ago. And I would use that kettle pot to remind people of the prayer bowls in heaven, Revelation 5 and 8, talking about the prayer bowls in heaven, which which. Uh, full of uh, full of incense was our prayer. So I've been using it as an object lesson to talk about not just the black Christian slaves, but also the white Christian abolitionists and revivalists who prayed into being the first and the second great awakenings. Well, mm -hmm. had it not been for those revivals, slavery would have never ended. Mm -hmm. So I had this dream in 2003 with Dr. King and it, where God dealt with me about my unforgiveness issues mm -hmm. around the race issue. And so I shared it with a good friend of mine, Lou Engel. He said, hey, bring your kettle share this dream, share your story. We'll, we'll do a prayer meeting at the Lincoln Memorial that day. I'd have you speak that night in the conference. Well, there was a white guy who was led to that gathering because of a dream we'd never met before. And um, we became friends. We've been friends for 17 years now. Well, fast forward. Mm -hmm. That white friend of mine, Matt Lockett, he found out that the Civil War ended in his family's front yard. <laughs> So we thought, man, what a cool coincidence. I have this kettle pot where slaves pray for freedom. You have this house where General Lee fought his last battle. We thought, what a cool coincidence. But then we stumbled on more research, and we learned that it was my friend Matt Lockett's family who owned my family, where that kettle pot came from. And we met at the Lincoln Memorial, both led by dreams, to the place where Dr. King said in his I Have a Dream speech, I have a dream that one day the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit together at the table of brotherhood. And so we, we travel around with that, that story. We've written a book about it called The Dream King. And we use that as a catalyst for healing the division in our nation right now. But that's a great example of how you see calling. Uh, a guy uses, uh, he introduces us to himself, calls us to himself, calls us to an assignment, mm -hmm. calls us to, some, to somebodies, to, to, to people. And he gives us this sphere of influence, and that's what he's been doing. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and you've seen this probably in your own life, too. Like, when it comes to calling, for people in their 20s, this is your time right now in your life. I'm going to speak to the 20-years old. Yeah. <laughs> you Gen Z folks right now, this is your time to get your skill set ready for the rest of your life. Uh, you're not going to do the fullness of your calling right now. Probably not. You're going to see glimpses of it along the way, but right now, Develop those skills necessary from communication skills and other things, the writing skills God's going to instill with you, but also your prayer life. Yes. That's what you're getting instilled right now. But around, I don't know, like 30s or the 40s, mostly in, in the 50s, right? that's when all these things converge of your life experiences, relationships, and other things. And all of a sudden, 
boom, you are standing right in the middle of the calling, the ultimate of your calling, the fullness of the calling that God has for you. So that's why I feel like I'm just now entering into right now. If I, if I look at what, how God is, you know, calling me into doing what I'm doing right now. He's kind of Jehovah sneaky too with the whole thing, you know, <laughs> that scripture that says uh, it's the glory of God to conceal the matter. It's the glory of Kings to find a thing out. It's like, uh, I didn't understand until one day I realized I do that. My wife will drive somewhere. And, uh, sometimes I'll tell her, you know, just here's what you, I want you to wear. And, uh, I'm not telling her where we're going. And she's like, well, where, where are we going to go? It's like, you'll, you'll, you'll see when we get there. It's like, I can't believe you. Well, tell me where we're going, you know. And then when we get there, it's way better than she ever imagined, right? Well, it's the romance of the gospel. That's how God is with us. He'll, he equips us along the way. We're riding this car with him. He has the steering wheel. And before we know, we step into something that is so huge and so beautiful. One, that we couldn't do without him. And then, two, we wouldn't right. want to do it without him because of the intimate relationship we fostered with him along the way. So. That is beautifully spoken. I, I don't mm -hmm. know how many 20 and 30-year-olds I've talked to are heartbroken because they haven't been to all the nations yet. <laughs> right. And, you know, you, they get a word, they get a promise, and they're right. ready to do it. And it didn't happen in a month, and so they're devastated. But I feel right. that equipping people to steward that calling over a lifetime is yes. something you do so beautifully, and you do it in your own life. And I, I love uh, that you brought that perspective today. Yeah, that's one thing I love about this generation that from millennials on down. Like, uh, they they see the summit, and they're like, "Yes, we're going to do this thing," but they don't want to do the climb. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Linda is so good at is equipping people to climb that summit and uh, give you the endurance that you need to get where you want to go in life. Well, we don't do very well alone, do we? No, we you don't. Know, it's very important no. to have uh, people in our circle of friends and prayer partners who pray together and cheer each other on and people that'll call you up into your calling you yes, know if you're totally. uh, off track or not devoted to it as perhaps you should be you need someone who you know will call you and uh, ask how things are going I know you've got a term I love mm. to t hear you talk about mm. as we wrap up here about uh, that prophetic encouragement of of just being in the game with each other, being in the vision with each other. Tell us a, a few sentences about that. Oh, wow. Spark being some a, uh, response out there in a heart. Being I know. in the vein, game, being, oh, gosh, I don't know. You, 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 got, you caught me off guard. Let me see. Well, that's a first. I hope this oh, that's is. That's a first, right? <laughs> so the idea of mm -hmm. me knowing your dream and you knowing mine and caring enough to do what it takes yes. to make it happen. Right. Um, well, you know what it reminds me of is when I was I was in a hotel once. I was watching this amazing documentary of Steven Spielberg. I had no idea. This is it. That it was that long, yeah. <laughs> and it was like two, three-hour-long documentary. But you couldn't talk about Steven Spielberg without talking about Francis Ford Coppola and uh, Martin Scorsese and Brian De Palma. All these amazing – they all are friends. They've been running together for years. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they had like – little film clips of them doing um, barbecues together and playing pool and uh, yeah. sleeping each other's couches while they were doing, you know, screenwriting and stuff. And uh, they actually helped each other out on mm -hmm. projects. Sometimes they worked together and made money together. Sometimes they just critiqued each other's just work. Did it, yeah. yeah, just to, just to do it. Like Steven Spielberg became a camera director, I mean, a camera operator yeah. on one movie just so Brian De Palma could get the last scene of his uh, – of his movie, right? And you see the name Steven Spielberg in there. It's like, was mm -hmm. it? 
is that the Steven Spielberg? Yeah, he just was a camera operator so his friend could get that shot right. Mm-hmm. And so they had this amazing creative collective together. And they just, they've been together for years and they didn't care about credit. They just cared about helping each other move forward. And I, I started crying while I was watching it. I thought, God, where is my prophetic creative collective? Mm-hmm. Where is my collective of people? We don't care about credit. We just want to advance the kingdom of God. We'll make some money together sometimes we want, but we'll help each other advance the influence of the kingdom together. And that's what I'm finally seeing come together. And that's why I believe that you and I have is this creative collective. We get together, we talk, we pray, we we cry, we, we just throw out ideas, and we bounce things off each other. I'm doing that with other friends as well. And I'm seeing these amazing collectors starting to come together. So that's exactly yes. what I was looking for yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, true camaraderie, true yes. kingdom connections, not just so you can uh, fill your phone with new contacts and, <laughs> right. and go, you know, sell your gig. I mean, you, you'll do that, but... Mm-hmm. Where are the people who have that kind of passion and interest in each other? And yes. I think that the Lord is really bringing us into a season where we'll be able to see this mm-hmm. because we've gotten a few, uh, the wind knocked out of our sails a bit in this right. last season. And I think uh, this is something people are hungry for. And we're looking forward to developing realities such as the ones we are, we're talking about right, right. here in onfire.global. Will, thank you for being with us today, oh, sharing your heart. Yes, yes. We definitely. love you so. Love you too. Thank you, Linda. OnFire.Global is a movement made of men and women who understand that past plans won't work for the future. We're in a new time and a new place that requires us to fan the flames of vision to a whole new level, going all in with God like never before. So fire up your purpose, come find your people, and frame up your plans to set the world ablaze together with me at www.onfire.global.